It's my privilege this morning to bring a message on this Easter Sunday. Easter Day is a day when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. It is the greatest day in history. It's a rejoicing in the victory of Jesus over sin and death, both the power and the penalty of sin, and the curse of death is broken for everyone who believes in Jesus. We celebrate the glorious resurrection. Soon the disciples of Jesus, filled with the promised Holy Spirit, will take that good news to the ends of the earth. And they'll point to a future resurrection for everyone who is united with Jesus in faith. But the first Easter day didn't quite start like that. Hermie read from Luke 24, Luke's account of that first Easter Sunday. And I've called this talk Tales of the Unexpected. When I was younger, I used to watch a television program called Tales of the Unexpected. And it was a series of short stories that always ended with a twist, always had something unexpected at the end. And it's clear from Luke's account of the resurrection and that first Easter Sunday that the disciples were not expecting Jesus to be risen, to be alive after his death on the cross. From our reading, the women and the disciples and others and the two on the road to Emmaus were not expecting such a thing. Yet, that's exactly what Jesus told them would happen. I could have called this talk, I told you so. It is true that Jesus had told them many times about his death and about his resurrection, but they had not understood. In Luke 18, verse 31 to 34, Jesus predicts his death for a third time. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. And on the third day he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. The other two times in Luke's Gospel come in chapter 9, verse 21 and 22, and in verse 44. And also some of the parables that Jesus told, two are perhaps the most famous parables that Jesus told, both have a strong reference to resurrection. The story of the prodigal son in Luke 15 ends with these words, My son was dead, but now he is alive again. And in Luke 16, the story of the rich man and Lazarus ends with Jesus saying, They will not be convinced if someone rises from the dead. The disciples did not understand. They did not comprehend. And Luke, as he writes his gospel, he's a doctor. He, he knows that dead people don't rise and come back to life again. But yet he records these amazing events of the first Easter day so that we might believe, might believe in Jesus, that we might receive forgiveness and eternal life through a risen Savior. Now, of one thing there was no doubt, that Jesus died. The women and John 
were there at the cross when he died, when he breathed his last, when he cried out, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. They'd seen him crucified. They'd seen the soldiers pierce his side just to make sure he was dead. And the Roman soldiers would never release a prisoner's body for burial unless it was a corpse. And the tomb that was used for Jesus' burial was unused, kindly donated and prepared by his friends Joseph and Nicodemus. They prepared Jesus' body for burial and then the tomb was sealed and a Roman guard was posted. No one was expecting to see Jesus alive again. They thought it was all over. Luke tells us that the women were not expecting Jesus alive as they made their way to the tomb after the Sabbath. They were not saying to one another, we'll take these spices just in case he's still dead. They were wondering who would move the stone. No need to have worried. When they arrived, they found the stone had been rolled away and the tomb was empty. And instead of being met by guards, they were met by angels, men in clothes that gleamed like night lightning, who said these words, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, he's risen. Remember how he told you. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised to life again. And then they remembered and the women ran and told the 11 disciples and the others that were with them. But they did not believe it because it seemed like nonsense, fake news. Although we're told by Luke that Peter ran to the tomb and saw the linen cloth still lying in the tomb. And he wondered what had happened. And then suddenly the scene changes. Luke tells us of two disciples who were leaving Jerusalem. They had given up hope. They were not expecting the resurrection either. And it's the, one of the most beautiful stories that Luke tells, their testimony. These two disciples may well have been husband and wife. They could have even been relatives of Mary and Joseph. If you look in John's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 25, at the time of the crucifixion, it says near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. Now some people believe that that wife of Clopas is the wife of Cleopas in this story. And there's a very early Christian tradition that believes that Cleopas was Joseph's brother. We're not sure, we don't know. But what we do know is that they were leaving Jerusalem and as they walked away, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And just as they did that, a stranger, we know it's Jesus from Luke's account, but they didn't. A stranger comes alongside them and walk with them, but they didn't recognize him. They were kept from recognizing Jesus. And he asked them, what are you discussing as you walk? And then they stand still, their faces downcast. And they ask, are you the only one who doesn't know what's been happening in Jerusalem in these last days about Jesus of Nazareth? And wonderfully, they begin to tell Jesus about Jesus. We had hoped 
that he was the one. He was a prophet, a miracle worker. We'd hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel, the Messiah. But he's dead. He was crucified by the Romans. But the women had told us they'd found an empty tomb. We've heard stories of the angels they saw saying that he was alive. But they didn't see Jesus. And the stranger, Jesus, pulls no punches with them. Then why are you leaving? How foolish you are and slow to believe the scriptures. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And then he, he takes them through all of the scriptures concerning himself. And later, as they tell this story, they gave their testimony. They say, were not our hearts burning as he talked to us on the road, as he opened the scriptures to us? There was something about him. And as they approached the village Emmaus, where they were going to, the stranger Jesus, he looks like he's going further and they plead with him. It's late. Stay. Stay with us. And while he was at the meal table with them, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it. And immediately their eyes were opened and they knew it was Jesus. Jesus had revealed himself to them. And then suddenly he's gone, gone from their sight. We don't know how they uh, understood it was Jesus. Did they see his hands? Did they see the nail marks? Was it in the breaking of the bread that reminded them of the times when Jesus had broken bread? Or was it just that revelation of Jesus? But immediately, they get up again and they head back to Jerusalem. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything. It changes our direction of travel. We were going one way, but when we meet Jesus, we turn around and we go another way. We follow God's way. We follow Jesus. And their hearts are just burning with this news. Jesus is alive. The Lord is risen. And they rush back to the eleven and all the others that are gathered. And they're saying the same thing as they get there. They're saying, it's true. Jesus is alive. Jesus has appeared to Simon. And then the two begin to tell their story of how they'd met Jesus and how they'd recognized him as he broke bread with them. And then, Luke says, that Jesus stood among them and said, peace be with you. The tale of the unexpected ends with them all seeing the risen Lord Jesus, that he is alive and that's their testimony and they will go to the ends of the earth proclaiming it. At the start of the day, none of them would have expected to meet Jesus alive, but Jesus appears to them. Jesus has conquered the grave. The curse and the power and the penalty of sin are broken. And one day when he returns, even the presence of sin will be gone. A new creation has begun. A new beginning for a broken and lost world. A new beginning for us. Jesus, who had died 
and is risen from the tomb is alive forevermore. Listen to these words of Jesus from Revelation chapter one. Jesus says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys to death and hell. Jesus is the alive. It's the greatest day in history. He is alive today and we are invited to meet with him in the scriptures. It's interesting that Jesus points those disciples to the scriptures. We are invited to meet with him in the breaking of bread and in a few moments we're going to do that together as a church. And we're invited to meet Jesus in that. And we are invited to follow the risen Lord Jesus as disciples of his by faith. So today, we can meet Jesus again afresh. And if you've never put your trust in Jesus, maybe this is the day for you to say, yes, I believe in Jesus. I will put my trust in him and invite him into my life and begin to follow him and walk from this earth into eternity. And today we are expectant. We know Jesus is risen. The world has changed. Everything has changed because Jesus is alive. The kingdom of God is here. That's our testimony. It's true. It's Chris's testimony today in baptism that Jesus is alive. He is our savior and our God. And we worship him today, the risen, conquering king.